can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. What are we talking about today, Joe? So today we're talking all things body odor, which you and I have personally dealt with. So we're going to be talking about natural deodorants as well, injectables, controversial, and also the two products we didn't know we needed, hair care edition. So for our cringy combo today, we are talking about body odor. Yeah, so I've wanted to swap to a natural deodorant Mm -hmm. and I think I've tried a natural deodorant once and I stunk so badly Mm -hmm. I was like yeah never again although the thing with natural deodorant is I feel like people don't give it enough of a go they freak out about it after the first week and they go oh my god no I've got to get back to my regular one so the thing with natural deodorant is that you probably have to give it about four weeks at least four weeks of stinking four weeks of stinking for your body to adjust. You sit next to me. Are you cool with that? So something that is very important to differentiate is the fact that a natural deodorant is a deodorant. So a deodorant Deodorant. means a deodorant (laughs) as opposed to an antiperspirant. So a deodorant deodorizes odor, whereas an antiperspirant is stopping you from sweating. So a natural deodorant is essentially only designed to make you smell nicer when you're sweating. So instead of that sweat smelling bad and like BO, it smells more pleasant, whereas your clinical protection is an antiperspirant. So it's actually trying to inhibit your body from sweating. So switching over to a natural deodorant, most people want to do because it allows them to still sweat, but without BO. But you will notice that you stink more in that period when you're switching over because your body's just all over the shop. And that's exactly what I experienced. And I knew that that was the case and I had to give it four weeks and I did. And honestly, I felt like I didn't stink that much. For the four weeks? You know no, me. No, I stank for four weeks. Oh, 100%. I reek. Do you know when I come in and like very occasionally I'll forget to use my deodorant? Yeah. If I don't put clinical protection deodorant on, literally within 10 minutes – my sweat stinks. I've never smelt you ever. Are you sure? Yeah. So I was using Hunter Lab and I was also using the Vanessa Megan one. I have the Vanessa Megan one in my drawer. I thought it was good. I just can't bring myself you to gotta use it. You've got to do four weeks. I'd have Anyone to Anyone that's listening, if you want to switch over to a natural deodorant, you have to give it four weeks So what do you, you do in between, like, you what if you had it. to go on a I date? Just, I just reapplied Not that I go regularly. on any dates, but... <laughs> It's like this is the perfect time for me to be doing it. Yeah, exactly. Because like I'm not about? dating. I'm like I don't have a social life. We just sit in this room and record podcasts. Like yeah. I literally of all the times I could do it now. So I'd been using a natural deodorant and it was the middle of summer and my boyfriend turned around to me and he was like, you stink. And I was like, oh. He goes, are you still using that natural deodorant? <laughs> I was like, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so and he, he was like, you got to go back to the regular one. Did you go back? Yep. Oh, God. After a while, though, I was like, so oh, like I don't care what Caving into peer pressure. No, I did stick to it for a while and then I ran out of it and I just happened to, like, grab one at the supermarket 
and I have been using that one for a while. So Clinical? now I need to go through the whole process. Okay, again. my problem is I I wear synthetic clothing because I don't yeah. like having to dry clean or yeah. iron my clothes. I'm just low maintenance. Like as like we that. speak, I can feel how wet my underarms yeah. are, and I know that's like a massive this overshare. This jumper but is so yeah. like the worst. It's not like wool or anything. Yeah, it's I'm some so synthetic sweaty. material, and then I get really sweaty and mm. stinky. I've just accepted the fact is that it? after I had laser under my arms, I stunk more. What and does hair I do? put that down. No, I put that down to the fact that I'm not shaving under my arms. So ah. I'm not removing that outer layer of the skin. And so bacteria is building up under my arms. Oh my God, I didn't even think yeah. about that. So that's what I put it down to. Do is you I think exfoliate I just stink more under your arms? I try now? to, but I forget. What do you use to exfoliate under your arms? My loving tan glove. Oh. Yeah. But I just forget about it. Like I three months goes by and I find these three long hairs under my arm. I'm like, whoops. <laughs> you forget <laughs> to do these you things. Do. You really do. I totally forget. Do you think it. people with hair under their arms stink less? It's, it's there for some reason. Do Is you, it to neutralise odour? Do you think that um, people like the smell of their own underarms? Um, <laughs> you know, people like the yeah. smell of their own farts. Yeah. <laughs> well, this took a turn. No, but um, isn't that true? People don't mind the smell of their own yeah, farts. Yeah, I guess so. Do you not? Yeah. Do you like the smell? Of, do you fart? Yeah, no. I've never farted in my life. Are you no, joking? <laughs> I've actually, no. Can do I you tell you something? fart in front of your partner? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. I was not expecting. Oh my expect- God. I couldn't live my life. I like just that. wasn't expecting you to fart in front of your partner. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm Why really, not? I Do you not? Know. Oh, you don't have one. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> to be what honest, about I your mean- dad? <laughs> um, yeah, I fart in front of my parents. <laughs> and my parents fart in front of each other. But- what about in the middle of the night when you fart in your sleep? Exactly. Back, that's that's what broke the ice for me. I did a really big fight in my sleep one night. <laughs> did you wake yourself up? I woke up? up in the morning and I was like, well, well, there goes the romance. Also, this was meant to be a discussion about um, body odor. We are talking some, about oh, body yeah, That's odor that comes out of your anus. Yeah. <laughs> and anuses we are familiar with. <laughs> yeah, we're very familiar with anuses. Do you think farts smell less when you've got no <laughs> anus hair? <laughs> If you want to know what we're talking about with the anus hair comments, please go back to our first episode and catch up on all the excitement. You've missed a lot. You've missed a lot. So, Hannah, today we are talking about a very touchy subject, very which touchy. is injectables. So I'm very comfortable talking about this topic because this is my background prior to being a beauty editor. But it's come to our attention that this is a topic where a lot of people get on their high horse. And it's very divided. People are very mm-hmm. divided. And I think that sometimes the people that think negatively about it are maybe a little bit louder about it. Yes, absolutely. I wrote a guest article for Beauty IQ about JLo's lifestyle. I didn't mention anything about injectables because I don't know if she's had injectables. And legally you can't accuse I can't her accuse of having someone. a treatment. Exactly. And so a couple of people sort of messaged saying, oh, you know, J-Lo's got a great cosmetic surgeon. It's not blah, 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 blah. You know, just she's had fillers she's had and this Botox. and she's had that. And I honestly just wanted, I didn't, but I wanted to write back and say, so what? Like, exactly. Who cares if she had filler? Like that's her choice. It's up to her if she wants to get filler and anti-wrinkle injections. But also she looks great. And, and what she, I said to yeah. you was injectables can't do anything about your skin texture. JLo has amazing skin texture. And I will definitely second that because before I got that, you know, a really good skincare routine, I had anti-wrinkle injections and my skin was shit. 
Yeah. Like it didn't matter if Sorry I had. Sorry to agree. But... Thank you. <laughs> My skin looked like shit. I'm just going to say it. And, hey, it looks it looks great now. It does. It looks great. Thanks to my kick-ass skincare routine. And it's not just the anti-wrinkle injections that are making a 50-year-old woman look 32. Exactly. That's all I'm going to exactly. say. There's definitely a misconception around injectables that it's something to be judged about or to be shameful about or it's not natural. And that's not my experience at all. So on that note, I've asked a very special guest to come in. She's a friend of mine. Her name is Lydia and she is a cosmetic nurse and we used to work together in clinic. So she's going to tell us a little bit about her background first. Yeah, as I've been in the industry for a while, Joe and I thought it would be a bit of a fun chat just to talk about the world of injectables. I started getting anti-wrinkle injections when I was 23. So, Same. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. I've yeah. never met anyone that started getting it young. <laughs> we are going to be judged so badly on this podcast. I um, was getting married. I got married at 23. So I was in the car with a friend from uni and I was technically a mature age student because I was a couple of years older than them. And the girl said, oh, why have you got a scar in the middle of your head? What's happened there? And it was a frown line. So, you know, I did have that need that other people were noticing in my early 20s. And that gave me a bit of a complex. And I knew I was getting married. So I thought, all right, I'm going to go get some anti-wrinkle injections and I lied. I told the girl that was doing my injectables that I was 27 because I was so (laughs) embarrassed as a 22-year-old. So that shows how much everything's changed. Yeah. I used to tell people I I did it for migraines. Oh, (laughs) Hannah. So I had a few lines and they it wasn't, it's not like these things keep me up at night. It's that it was bothering me and I decided yeah. to do something about it. It's not like I have a complex about it. It's not like But it's... you do because you just said you were you told people you were getting it from I know, brain. but that was because I thought at that time I guess be judged about it. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't give a shit. Totally. Oh, I thought perhaps for anyone who hasn't had injectables before, can you explain the difference between what an anti wrinkle injection does and what a dermal filler does? So anti-wrinkle injections are a drug that acts on the body to reduce wrinkles or to reduce a muscle action, whereas fillers are actually a hyaluronic acid, which is already in all of our skin cells. It's formulated and stabilised in a lab and injected into the body so that it can act as putty pretty much. So if you're wanting to fill out wrinkles or you're wanting to plump out lips or you're wanting to give yourself a, you know, a sharper jawline, it's so, you know, over time, six to six months to 24 months, and you'll find that most of the fillers will be gone, mm-hmm. depending on what area of the face would be injecting. And anti-wrinkle injections generally last for about four to six. Is that right? Yeah. And so how do you think, I mean, I have friends that message me all the time because they, they don't know where to start. Like they don't know how to find someone like, and it's so, it's like scary to get an injection put in your face. It is. And it should always be, people shouldn't just go to whoever they should always get, you know, word of mouth is great. Or if they're, you know, if they don't know anyone, then a reputable plastic surgeon or dermatologist will usually have a great nurse working for them. Usually pay a premium for that. But as we said, it it is your face. It is your face. These are medical procedures. That's a problem. We're not colouring our hair. We're not getting our nails done. People are putting it, you know, tarring it with the same brush. That's not the same. If something goes wrong when you have any of these things, you it can be a medical emergency. With anti-wrinkle, you can have lopsidedness. Sometimes you need to go back and have things tweaked. Sometimes it can migrate into the wrong muscle. So that's when you can get things like a droopy eyelid or you can have, um, especially when you're doing it around the mouth, sometimes you can have some real lopsidedness. So it's important afterwards. You don't do anything that's going to 
manipulate the face. So you wouldn't go and get your waxing or a facial or face down massage or anything. And you also don't want to get too sweaty because that can interfere with the way the product is taken into the muscles. Most serious thing is a vascular occlusion. Depending on where that happens in the face, it can be very, very serious. It's serious regardless, but the most serious is it can cause blindness. Basically, that's just where the filler, which is a gel-like substance, gets into a blood vessel and actually blocks that blood vessel. So the blood and the oxygen can't then get to where they need to go anymore. So it's a serious, serious medical emergency. And there are products out there that we can use to dissolve these fillers if it was to happen. But it really, it's still, you know, the person that um, is doing your injectables needs to be thoroughly educated on what to do if that was the case and needs to know what to look for. And every time anyone is getting these things done, they need to be conscious that they need to um, make sure that they're following their injector's instructions, um, you know, to look for signs if anything was to go wrong. And that they can always contact someone in case, you know, they're worried, an after-hours number or something like that. Because if you have a problem with fillers and you turn up to a hospital, they're not going to know really what, what to, to do. do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, you need to be able to contact someone. The lower end of the risk with side effects with dermal fillers, a bruising is very common. And people go, oh, I don't care about a bruise, but it can be horrific. You do something afterwards to help with the bruising? I do. What do yes. you do? Red LED. <laughs> she keeps one the in her best. back pocket. <laughs> I've got one at you home. Used to, you used it when you had one. a bruise on your butt. Yes. So I used it on my bum bruise. That's another story <laughs> By the way, day. that bruise was the most horrific bruise yes. I've ever seen. I've it shown was it the, to everybody. It was honestly the size of one. One butt cheek. Bruising yeah. makes collagen, though, so you'll have one It was, it so it was my one whole bum cheek. Yeah, I think one side's bigger than the yeah. other. <laughs> one um, side will be more elevated. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be. Wait, does bruising really cause more collagen yes. production? Yes, yes. Think about all the lasers, you know, Fraxil, all those lasers. Oh. What we're doing is creating micro trauma to the skin. Creates collagen. Yes. So, just... so you've got one side's a bit higher than the other. Yep. So yep. one butt cheek looks amazing, the other one looks average. <laughs> Um, So I use red LED because it encourages healing and it reduces inflammation. A myth that I wanted to ask you about was that injectables can't look natural. You've done my lips before Mm. and I think they look quite natural. Mm. Other people have told me they think they look natural. What is it about your technique that makes it look natural? It's about going to someone that really has your best interest at heart So if I was to go to you, Joe, and put a lot in your face, you wouldn't be as beautiful anymore. So it's, you know, (laughs) it's just about doing little bits. I genuinely, when I met you, didn't know that you'd had it done. I think because they're shaped like your natural lips. They look really natural. I did have smaller lips. I did not have a top lip. I've got structure there. So really when I go and see Lydia for injectables, I pretty much just focus on enhancing the shape of my lips and not actually adding volume because that's not what I want from my fillers. I want to add just some structure around the edges of my lips um, just so that they look a little bit fuller. I don't want to add a ridiculous amount of volume because I don't want them to look fake. I've read an article the other day saying lip fillers are the new tramp stamp. And as someone with a tramp stamp... I could say. Sorry if you have a, I mean, I have a tramp She's stamp. She's got one. But it's Lydia's not. Oh, you got one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I've got, well, said, I've got one on my hip from when oh, I was 19. It's at just, least oh. I don't have to see mine. It's behind yeah, it. You know. <laughs> I think I'd rather have the hip one. Sorry. <laughs> can you put anti-wrinkle under your eye? You can come to a certain point, but you can't actually put the anti-wrinkle in between the pupil and the nose. 
you shouldn't do it because what happens is that the eyelid actually needs to stay up. So if the anti-wrinkle was to seep into a muscle, you might find that you can't actually close your eye properly. Mm-hmm. So there's pros and cons mm-hmm. to lots of these treatments. Well, you want to be able to open your eyes. Yeah. I mean, close mm-hmm. your eyes. Yes. Both. Both. Yes. Both. Preferably. Just, just use your eyes normally. Yes. But okay. people always have that one part of their face that they just hate and sometimes you can do a lot of treatments to it. Sometimes it's just self-acceptance, isn't it? That's right. That's because- how I'm feeling at the moment. I'm like, you're aging and you just have to... But I think it's okay also not to be okay with it right now. I feel like you grow into it. That's what I mean. Mm. Sometimes, you know, we can do a lot of things to that one area and you're still not going to like it. Yeah. So it's really finding that fine line of like, okay, I'm happy with this. Look, mm. I'm not perfect. To be honest, when I had the filler, I was like, I honestly don't hate it this much that I want to put my eyes Body through this through trauma that. again. So I actually was, that was a good learning for me was that, okay, you actually don't need to get this done at no. all because it's not worth it. As I said, we have hyaluronic acid in our skin. We also have an enzyme that naturally breaks it down. It's called hyaluronidase. And that's what we use if we have an issue with filler, if there's a problem or if it looks bad or anything like that. So naturally in your own body, you don't actually have much of it under your eyes. So if we go and inject a tear trough and someone says, oh, it doesn't look that great, but we'll just let it go. It can be there for five, 10 Mm. years. Same in the nose. In the lips and the cheek area, you have more natural hyaluronidase, so things don't last as long. I think this whole conversation has made me realise the importance of the injector being experienced. I've only been trying to tell you it for the last year. Yeah. The thing I'd like to say to people that are listening to this who have injectables and that have experienced shame and judgment from others, as long as you're happy, keep doing what you want to do. And if you choose not to get injectables and you don't like them and you're not for it, that's totally fine as well. But you don't have to judge other people for getting them. No, no. Totally. Thanks, girls. Don't, what's the word? Don't knock it till you try it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Awesome. Great. Great. Finally, for our last segment, it's the product that we didn't know that we needed. What's on your list today? We're talking about hair care today. Well, usually hair care doesn't really get me going. I'm no. much more of a skincare gal. She is. She but has. I have been really getting into hair care lately because I've been trying this new brand called Isles Formula and I'm obsessed with it. I'm so glad you pronounced that because I, I like it when you pronounce things first because then so I then know how to pronounce <laughs> L'Occitane. I remember I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to say this in front of Joe. I just couldn't say it. I just blurted it out You were like, oh. L'Occitane and I was like yeah that one (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I've been trying this brand called Isles Formula and I love their shampoo and conditioner but I've also been using their hair turban so I've never had a hair turban by the way just fun fact Mm -hmm. the owner of this brand or the founder of this brand is Heidi Klum's hairdresser well, she's like a hairstylist yeah. to like many, many, many Hollywood stars. And the packaging is bougie. It's so nice. It's really nice. Anyway, so I used their hair turban and I was tempted to get one from Kmart, but I thought I'm going to try this one. It's a little bit more expensive, but it looks really high quality. So what I learned about it was that it's a lot more generous in sizing. It's made from microfibers. So if you've got damaged hair or your hair holds a lot of water, it's really important not to... Um, you know how you do that thing with the towel, how you rub yeah, it between your towel? Apparently that's really damaging. I know, I read your article. Yeah, so I started using this and I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I use it like when I've got wet hair, I put it on and then I do my makeup and then I can dry my hair afterwards. So do you come home now from work? Because Joe comes home from work and puts her robe straight on yes. and your hair towel. Robe on, turban, <laughs> hair turban on. on. 
sit on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You are living your best life. I am. But yes, I do highly recommend this hair turban because it is really good, especially for damaged hair, um, because you shouldn't be rubbing it between your towel. Apparently, that's really bad. So lately, and I'd like to ask you why. I've mm-hmm. been experiencing a flaky scalp. And I went to the hairdresser the other day and she was like, oh, your scalp. And I was like, I don't know why. Like it's not usually like that. And I think it might be product buildup yeah. or I keep swapping shampoo and conditioners. So you told me that you were swapping shampoo yes. and conditioners and I think that has something to do with it. I also think it could be a little bit of both, like a little bit of product buildup, a bit of swapping out and swapping in. Because, look, there's nothing wrong. It's not itchy. So yeah. it's not like dandruff itchy. Yep. It's just like occasionally I'll get, and it's just it's so annoying because yeah. like I work in beauty and it's like why can't I get a product to fix it? So anyway, well, I've discovered I'm glad something. that you discovered this product yes. because this is what I would have recommended to you. Actually, so I did actually ask you, and you were like, "Aren't you using the Christophe Robin?" Oh, did I recommend you it? Did. To you did. Oh, you I were don't like, "Aren't that. you using the scrub?" And I was like, oh. "No, I don't have one." And you were like, "You need to try it." So it is basically, it's so weird. It tastes like the sea. Don't it ask. Tastes <laughs> like the sea. Why have you been <laughs> eating it, Hannah? I've been eating it. <laughs> it smells so like the sea. It ta- it, no, because it like rolls down your face. And then it's like you've got salt lips. I, I can't. What are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Christopher okay, Bond purifying let me, scrub. Okay, by the so way. let me describe to you what it is. It's in a tub, and it's a shampoo, which is mm-hmm. crazy. You scrub it on your scalp, and then you put a little bit of water on, and it like lathers, yeah. like incredibly. So I just do it on my scalp, and it kind of it's just like a scrub. It leaves it feeling scalp. really fresh afterwards, doesn't so it? So it's just, yeah, it's so, and, and then it does kind of like trickles down my face and then I'm like, hmm, <laughs> lick my lips. And I'm like, hmm, it tastes like the sea. So, it reminds me of going on holidays. Oh, it really does. You know when you pleasant. come out of the sea and you're yeah. like, oh, I smell and I taste it. Not really because no. I don't like the ocean. Um, so the, how it works is that it also contains some nourishing oils as well. So you're getting the scrub action from like the sea salt factor, which t- is taking away that yucky buildup of dead skin cells, but you're also nourishing the scalp as well to kind of soothe that dryness. So it's getting it from both sides. So it is really, really good for irritated scalps. You can actually use it on the hair after you've um, had it coloured. If you get itching, have you ever had that well, where you really itchy after I you re- get your hair done? Yeah, so I recently had my hair dyed blonde and then I went back to brunette and my scalp felt like someone was ripping at it. Yeah. It was so sensitive and you, that's when you had also recommended that because yeah. I was having really bad scalp issues every day. And is it feeling better now? Felt so much better. I guess the thing is with scalps is the whole thing with flaky scalp is it's like your body. Yeah. Like you have dead skin cells building up on your face and your mm-hmm. body. And I just never thought that you should treat your scalp like another area of your skin. Yeah. And it is. And yep. that's like it's nothing to be embarrassed about. But that's Christopher whole like mantra is scalp first like it shouldn't be the hair concern first it's the scalp as long as the scalp is healthy then you can deal with the hair later so that wraps up episode three of beauty iq the podcast great see you next week thanks everyone for joining us today don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. 